Welcome to episode two of Everything Sports with Dhamman. I am your host, Dhammanad Karni, and I cover the hottest topics in sports over the course of the past week. In today's episode, I talk about the AFC and NFC playoff matchups, the Eagles firing Doug Peterson and other head coaching jobs around the league, the NBA being threatened by the coronavirus, and James Harden being traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And without further ado, let's start talking about the NFC and AFC playoff matchups. Rams-Packers, all these matchups are really good. Rams-Packers, Aaron Rodgers, I really think no matter who he's against, he's bound for like at least a four-touchdown game every single time. Like He has Devontae Adams. The defense is bad to average. But then running back, he has Aaron Jones. Robert Tanyan broke up, broke out this season as his tight end, got snubbed from the Pro Bowl, but that's besides the point. Packers just have more offensive talent than the Rams. And Rams, one of the best defenses. I don't think they can stop one of the best offenses. And that's where the Packers set apart from the other teams in the playoffs. And now the Baltimore Ravens versus Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Ravens simply because I don't think Lamar Jackson get, can get another win, especially coming off after his first playoff win of his career. Obviously, he lost to the Chargers and then just got embarrassed by the Tennessee Titans and then finally beat the Tennessee Titans. That's his playoff career, one and two. I don't think he's going to go 2-2. Two and two. And as for the Buffalo Bills, they have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. And I see, hear people saying that they just do enough to win. And sometimes it's okay to do enough to win because at the end of the day, you you still win. Like if you still won by one point, yeah, there were struggles during the game, but you still won the game. And that goal of, Playing the game is to win the game, if that makes sense. But Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they're MVP candidates. I don't think that no one can stop them. As for the Browns versus Chiefs, I will take the Chiefs, but I have a feeling Browns have the opportunity to upset the Chiefs because so many people have counted them out. Like for the Steelers-Browns game, before that, Juju Smith-Schuster was saying stuff like the Browns are just the same old Browns. And the same old Browns he was talking about absolutely destroyed the Steelers on the defensive and offensive front. That was such a huge shock to me, but I honestly saw that coming. Then Sammy Watkins pretty much saying the same thing. Like, people keep counting them out. They can definitely um, upset the Chiefs here. And they have to come out the gates firing, but the important thing against the Chiefs is to hang on to their leads because Chiefs are masters of coming back, like Mahomes magic pretty much. In the playoffs, being down 24-0, scoring 41 and unanswered points against the Texans, being down against the Titans, being down against the Niners in the Super Bowl with seven minutes left. And then with their backs against the wall, they just answer it and answer it. And they have so much talent on the defensive and offensive end. It's honestly unfair, but 
it is what it is. And as for, but I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs. And to round out the divisional round weekend, we have Breeze versus Brady for the third time this season. I firmly believe that Breeze is going to get the best of Brady once again. The first matchup was 34-23 and then 38-3, 72-26 combined both matchups the Saints versus the Buccaneers. I s- simply believe that Brady will make it a closer one because he's not going to let the Saints destroy them three times in a row. But home court, not home court, home field advantage is I don't think it's going to play much of a difference because of the little fans that would be in the arena if there are any allowed. But Breeze, it's his, probably his last season in the NFL before he retires. Definitely accomplished his career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's leads in NFL history in passing yards. Like All passing accolades Drew Brees has had. So... I really think Saints, Packers, NFC Championship, and Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs for AFC Championship round. And now we go to Eagles firing Doug Peterson. Um, I think they either trade Carson Wentz or fire Doug Peterson, and they fired Doug Peterson because the owner of the organization wanted Carson Wentz instead of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, games that he started as an Eagle, he's definitely better than Carson Wentz. I don't know why they fired Doug Peterson, but they did. They're an NFC East team, and the NFC East is a historically bad division. And for example, the San Francisco Niners, riddled with injuries this season, were 7-9. and nine. That same record got you into the playoffs. Um, but then... The Eagles, on the other hand, they they just, I don't know what's right about the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is good. Zach Ertz, I don't really think he's regressing. I just think he just had a season where he was injured. He's definitely still a really good tight end. But Doug Peterson, hopefully he can land a job around the NFL. If he doesn't get a head coaching job, he definitely will be some type of coordinator but as for coaches who did get hired for their organizations falcons hire arthur smith as their head coach who was the offensive coordinator for the tennessee titans and i knew they would go that route because matt ryan is a passer he likes to pass especially to julio jones and calvin ridley and others so that wasn't a surprise to me and then urban meyer coming from college to football to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hopefully it works out because he is probably one of the best head coaches in, I'd say, college history because of the amount of accomplishments he has winning a national title with the Ohio, with Ohio State and Florida. So I believe that works out because I know he was a sought-after coach the past couple seasons. And then the New York Jets hiring Robert Sala, who was a defensive coordinator for the Niners. I really like him, and he's so passionate whenever his defense gets stops and everything like that. And 
he took the Niners from being the worst defense in the league to one of the best defenses in the league. And even if it didn't show the past season, they were definitely injured. They're definitely a Super Bowl team or contending for a Super Bowl championship if that Niners team was not injured. But even with those injuries, the defense was still an average defense. When some other teams with pro bowlers and everything on their side ranked worse than the San Francisco 49ers. That's how good Robert Sala is. I genuinely hope that he can turn around the New York Jets franchise. And I believe this signals the end of Sam Darnold as a New York Jet because if they really wanted to keep Sam Darnold, they would have hired an offensive coordinator to try and develop Sam Darnold, opposed to a defensive coordinator who might be focused on defense. But Jets, I think they draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or even, I wouldn't be surprised, Mac Jones, um, because he did really well in the title championship along with Devontae Smith. But in the NBA world, the coronavirus definitely threatening their season because we're around some teams played 10 games, some teams played 13 games, some teams played 11 games, just all over the place. Like Suns games are getting postponed, games around the league are getting postponed, players aren't playing. It's an all-around disaster because you have teams like the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum is out, the Philadelphia 76ers, they have to play with nine people. And the minimum amount of active players you need on the roster is eight players. And teams are just getting postponed left and right. And they said that they planned for postponements, but I really don't know how they did. And... I don't really see them finishing a season unless they decide to go to a bubble. And I know it was really good that they organized the bubble. And that was with 22 teams. I guarantee you they can find space for 30 teams. And I understand you can't have like a large gathering or anything like that. And if they're concerned about kids missing school and things like that and being away from families, school's virtual anyways. So might as well just bring your family along. But it has to be immediate family to limit the coronavirus. And I really believe that before the playoffs, it's going to be in a bubble or the playoffs will be in a bubble format. Because if they just continue like this, I don't really see how the NBA crowns a champion simply because... At one point in the season, teams are going to experience this coronavirus where their star players, their star players are going to be out. They're going to be out for a while. And, for example, Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant missed some time for the Boston Celtics. I said Jason Tatum, the Sixers, so many players are out. It's just threatening the NBA season, and there's no way. There is absolutely no way that the NBA season finishes. And unfortunately, as a huge basketball fan, as a huge Golden State Warriors fan, I really hope the season finishes and it and the NBA actually crowns a champion. And as for 
uh, Harden and all that drama. I didn't include it in my previous episode. I said J.J. Water, Deshaun Watson might be traded, Houston Texans. But Houston Rockets in basketball have traded James Harden. And to come and talk about it, Evan Garber, who's also a big sports fan like me. And here he is. I mean, wow, what a massive trade that was. James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Like, just to recap the trade, if you guys somehow haven't heard of it, the Brooklyn Nets received James Harden from the Rockets and the 2024 second-round pick from the Cavaliers. The Rockets received Harris Levert, Rodion's Kuruks, and then eight other picks, eight other first-round picks from the Nets, all unprotected, along with Dante Exum. And then the Cavaliers received Jarrett Allen and Torian's Prince, and the second from the Nets. And then the Rockets flipped Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. And the Brooklyn Nets... I was so surprised when this trade went down because I really thought James Harden was going to Philly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be interesting to see how Kyrie, KD, and Harden work out because they're all ball dominant. They don't want the ball in their hands, especially in the in the final few seconds of the game. They don't want the last shot. So That's going to be a huge issue to. just because there's been so many games where Harden has just – falling short in the clutch, like game seven versus the Warriors in 2018. You don't miss 27 threes in a row. That simply cannot happen. And then just other numerous times where he just throws away the game that the Rockets are playing. The Cavaliers definitely won this trade because they only gave up one first-round pick and got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Yeah, I mean... That's a massive upgrade for them at center position because they, they've been – that was the biggest hole. And now they had a young Jared Allen, only 22 years old, to uh, help him in, uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. That team is definitely going to be a lot better. Yeah, that definitely helps because Andre Drummond, who's their center, currently starting center, he is a rebounding machine but has one year left on his contract. If he does decide to leave, they have somewhat of an assurance because Jared Allen was breaking out on the nets and knocked DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation but then gets traded. And then Torian yeah, Prince, he's defensive and then writes to... Alexander Vezinkov, who's the second pick, second round pick from the Nets. But I mean, the Cavaliers definitely got better in this trade. And so now we move to the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers actually came out of absolutely nowhere with this. Like, yeah, I mean, that, that that's a huge pickup. I mean, you gave up the uh, injury-prone Oladipo to get a massive piece in, in Karis LeVert. He's going to give you a, a whole lot of scoring to add to um, that already really dominant team. Yeah, like DeMontis Sabonis is doing really well this season. Karis LeVert is pretty much a younger Victor Oladipo. Same position and, like, 
they didn't want to pay Oladipo is what it seemed and things like that. So the Pacers, I don't think it really affects them. And I think they won this trade. What about you? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. They got, they got a whole lot better. Yeah. So we talked about the Cavs, the Pacers. Now, the Houston Rockets, uh, they, I don't know how to feel because they end up just getting Victor Oladipo, some Kuroops guys, some Dante Axum, and then four, not four, not even four first-round picks, eight first-round picks. They definitely got better for the future. But losing James Harden definitely, definitely um, hurts your team. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, obviously. I mean, you lose the superstar James Harden, 30 points a game. I mean, of course, it's a big loss, but he just wasn't – he didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And, I mean, it's a pretty good package in return, but – I'm surprised they didn't go for the Sixers and Ben Simmons. Yeah. The more they waited, the more leverage other teams had because James Harden was just getting disgruntled. He exploded in that interview saying, like, the team's just not good enough talent-wise, chemistry-wise. I've given my city all I've got, and it's this crazy situation, and I think that it's something that cannot be fixed. Those were his exact words. And so – yeah, like, the Rockets lost this trade is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you, obviously, you're going to lose when you give up superstar James Harden. Yeah. But then the Brooklyn Nets, they did get James Harden, but at a hefty price. Yeah. Well, I just want to point this out uh, quickly. Um, Kyrie Irving will not play on Saturday. So we'll have to wait till at least Monday for the three, for the trio oh. to get back on the court. Okay, wow, that is news because he was initially questionable for Saturday, and if this big three plays on Monday, the Nets are playing the Bucks, so that should definitely be a good game to watch. And Kyrie, KD, James Harden, assuming Kyrie gets his mind right. I feel like they're a surefire finals team. There's, They need to figure out chemistry and all that. They definitely sacrifice their future. Um, I Just because of that, honestly, I'll say that they lost this trade because it isn't like any normal big three where, for example, all right, LeBron. LeBron was obviously the first, the first guy. Dwayne Wade, he was a passer. Like, he wasn't too much scoring he wasn't that kind of player but he did score a lot don't get me wrong but he would pass and then Chris Bosh was the perfect third guy to have on your team and then you had Steph KD and Clay but then now you come to Brooklyn with three ball dominant guys so I honestly don't know how it's gonna work right and and like even past the top the uh, starting lineup their bench is kind of ruined now I mean they had to trade some key pieces on their bench in order to get James Harden. I mean, that was going to happen. It's either that or you're trading Kyrie, and I don't think they were ever going to trade Kyrie. Um, Their only center now without Jared Allen is DeAndre Jordan, who fell out of the rotation. So that is – the Nets are a defensive nightmare. If any offense is good, just exploit them really easily. Um, I'm going to – it's actually, like – 
Brooklyn Nets, I, I don't know if they necessarily won this trade because, like, chemistry is going to be an issue. Like, if games get close, that's going to be an issue. And James Harden has had so many stars that he wanted and just didn't work. Like, he wanted Dwight Howard, didn't work. He wanted Chris Paul, that didn't work. He wanted Russell Westbrook, that didn't work. So... Something that he wanted, he wanted to be traded to the Nets. History shows you that it doesn't work. So, yeah, I mean, and who even knows if Kyrie's going to stay at this point? Oh, yeah, that thing is happening. Not even what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Like, yeah, it's it, yeah, even on the court, or even off the court, it's going to be a huge mess with Kyrie and James Harden. <laughs> Yeah. Just two two interesting characters that yeah. like to say whatever they want and do whatever they want. <laughs> definitely. And KD and Kyrie, they definitely worked so far this season, adding James Harden. I don't know. But, I mean, Joe Harris was someone who I thought would be in the deal, but wasn't. So that's a win for Brooklyn. But overall-wise... The Brooklyn Nets gave up their future. And I will point out, they did the same thing for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And that failed miserably. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not very smart. I mean, you're likely going to contend for like another two, three years maybe. Like with with uh, yeah. KD and Kyrie getting older. And then you give up your whole future. So once once you get past those two, three years of of uh, being on the top, it just goes downhill quickly, all the way down to the bottom. Just to point that out, Jason Tatum was who the Brooklyn Nets could have gotten if they just built for the future and everything like that and done well. But they didn't. They sacrificed their future. I'm going to say the Brooklyn Nets lost this trade. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely they lost the trade. I mean, we'll wait. We'll have to see what happens on the on the court on Monday. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen. It's definitely a championship or bust season with these three guys. Definitely for sure. Yeah, and with that, tune in next Friday for episode three of Everything Sports with Amon. Where let's see if any other blockbuster trade happens in other sports. And bye.